Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, Becca Robbins of the Disneyland with Kids group talks to us about accessibility issues for poo-sized Disney fans. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out at Patreon.com slash DisneyDecipher, where you receive bonus content, including trip reports and extra episodes. You can also support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for us, email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes, and Joe has the week off. Welcome to Disney Deciphered. This week, we have a very, very special guest, my dear friend, Becca Robbins, of the blog This Crazy Adventure Called Life. You guys have probably heard me plug the Disneyland with Kids Facebook group that I co-own. Well, Becca is one of the co-owners of that Facebook group. There are four wonderful women who run that Facebook group who go to Disneyland with me all the time. So I am very excited. I can't believe this is the first time we've had you on the podcast, Becca. Welcome. I know. What What the heck? You, you're avoiding me or something. <laughs> I had to hunt you down. <laughs> No, no, never. But I'm glad, you know, better late than never. And uh, I'm glad that we uh, finally are, are getting you on. Um, today, we're going to be talking about something that is, I guess, a little sensitive. Um, but yeah. I'm really uh, excited that you're here talking about it. We're going to be talking about being plus size at Disney theme parks and at theme parks more generally. This is something that I know you and I talked about in person quite a bit because we did a trip to Disney World and Universal Orlando earlier this year. And, you know, this has been all over the Disney news lately because of the opening of Tron. So I know you were just back there, Becca, and um, got to ride Tron yourself. So we wanted to sort of talk about the topic specifically with regards to the new ride at Disney and then, you know, more generally as well. And this is obviously something that has broader cultural rel relevance and maybe is the last great stigma in the conversation about accessibility and diversity in the U.S. So thank you for being here to talk about it. Um, yeah. Really, really excited to, to share with you. I, I also should go ahead and let you plug. You have a fantastic um, blog post that I know gets a ton of traffic about flying Southwest Airlines as a customer of size. And a lot of people yes. don't realize that airlines have policies. So yeah, where can folks find that? So you can go to this crazy adventure called life.com and just search Southwest. It'll be what comes up. But Southwest is probably the most accommodating airline. They're the only ones that offer the seat for free. And that freeness comes in the form of a refund for your ticket, or there is an option where you, if the flight is not full, that you can get it at check-in as well. But it's a great airline for those of us that are plus-sized and need that extra room. And let's be honest, 
air, airline flights, their seats are getting smaller and smaller. And, and we as a as a country, we're just getting bigger and bigger as people. And so it's it's a struggle, but it is great that there is at least one airline out there that is accommodating that. Because like you said, it is the last kind of stigmatized group as far as getting accommodations. For sure. I mean, uh, I'm really glad that Southwest does that. I mean, you're right. This, the seats are tinier and tinier. And usually, like, I have a tiny child sitting next to me in an airline uh, seat. And even then, it's like, we take up all the space that we possibly uh, are given. So it's it's um, definitely challenging. And then theme parks, of course, have this challenge, too, because a lot of these rides are you know, decades old and the, the size and shape of the average guest has changed dramatically in that time. And, and, you know, the other thing that, you know, we should talk about is plus size comes in many different shapes and sizes. You know, mm-hmm. I would consider myself plus size, but you and I fit differently on different rides mm-hmm. and, you know, women have different shapes in general than men. And so something that is no big deal for one person is going to be a challenge for another person. So, you know, you throw throw in other challenges, other pain points, sometimes disabilities or age um, play factors in how you can travel. So then, you know, no, there's no one size fits all for this. Exactly. And that's something that I've wanted to do a plus size guide for Disney for a long time. And that's one of the reasons that's been so hard and I have not put one out yet is because it is so individual about whether or not you'll have these sticking points because of that fact that everyone carries their weight differently and all that stuff. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive in and let's talk about Tron because this has been really just all over the news. I mean, it started with the cast member previews and a lot of people were finding they they couldn't fit. Of course, the ride was initially designed for Shanghai Disneyland and the average guest in China is going to be very different um, in terms of shape and size than the average guest in the US, but doesn't look like any changes or modifications were made to the the standard ride vehicles at least. So, and, and throw this in with like the fact that Cosmic Rewind was the ride right before Tron, which is probably one of the most spacious coasters I've ever been on in my entire life. So you think like Disney's getting it and then they go right back to a, to a smaller ride right after. Yeah. So, tell us about your exper- experience. Okay. So yeah, I knew that I most likely would not fit on Tron. I'll, I was a little hopeful because I'd heard it was more about your, your calf size, which it is. But at the same time, I do have large calves. And it's actually more, I would say, about your knee circumference than your calf because of where it hits. You know, I I have never had too many rides at Disney that I've ever had to worry about. So this was one where I knew I most likely would not fit on that ride. But I also knew there was the accommodation. So basically, they have test seats. And you can try those to figure out whether or not you will be able to to ride and oh my gosh this this was the the part this is the part that i think disney failed on was these test seats so let's get into it first off the test seats logistically are in an awful location like not just for being private for the person trying them out but they're in the middle of the walkway into the ride (laughs) so uh, people are trying to go around that like there are better places these test seats could have been Place. They could have been placed closer to the um, sign for the ride and been more out of the way, but that's not what Disney did. The second issue I had with the seats is that they do light up. They're really cool looking. And because of that, 
everyone wants to get their own photo on the test seats, especially in the evening. So the most awkward thing for me was standing in line for 15 minutes among a bunch of skinny people, which I know, I shouldn't say skinny, but people that would fit. And I then having to go try out the ride and not being able to fit in front of all these people that were there for the photo op. So of course they also had their cameras out and I'm like, please don't be snapping a photo of me as I don't fit. I wish Disney would keep those. I mean, they're really cool. The light up ones, I love that they have that, that could be a photo app, but that one needs to move just for traffic flow. And then they need something separate for those that are actually testing the seats for if they will fit or not, because it's really embarrassing as someone. And that was something I was actually surprised about is how non-discreet those test seats were, more so than the ones at Universal. Even though those ones were out in the open, at least they're off to the side. This one, you really feel like you're a spectacle. So that was the worst part of the whole experience. But from then on, it was great. As far as the fit, for me, it was not the waist or anything that didn't fit. It was the knee. It was 100% the knee. And honestly, sitting on that vehicle, I personally didn't want to sit in that anyways, because it isn't the most comfortable. You are hunched over. It is a short ride, but yeah, I, I still have plenty of room for the back to come down and everything. And I do have a pretty good size waist and hip, but it was the back of my knee, which did surprise me because while I do have a larger circumference knee, it's not that huge, right? So right. I don't know. It was shocking to me, actually, how much space did, I still had, but couldn't fit. Did you feel Did you feel like you had enough time to sort of like adjust yourself? Or was it like, there's this line and no. I've got to really hur yeah. hurry. So you didn't even get the chance to, to sort of, because I've heard if you move your knees up or you mm -hmm. change the like the way, the angle of your feet, that sometimes you can kind of like get yourself to fit. Like I've definitely heard of people yeah. who didn't think they fit initially, but then they took the time to figure out how to board it and they were able to fit fine. So you just didn't feel like you had that time. Either. I did not. I did not feel like I had that time. I also didn't feel like I wanted to do that in front of a line of people that were there for the photo op and knew they would fit. Like that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to have to be able to do that, to have to do that. And yeah, it was, it was kind of rushed. And I will say I went at a time that was not very busy. So it was, I can't even imagine during the busiest hours or busiest seasons of the day. I mean, I went in mid to late April, so there were crowds, but not at that particular night and time. So, yeah, that's good to know. I mean, it's definitely a fail that Disney put it so front and center and, and made it into a photo op instead of a, a functional tool for people, because a lot of people do need to, to test themselves out given sort of the the way you know, it seems to be the least accessible ride at, at Walt Disney World right now um, for, si for size issues. So they, of course, do have, and you mentioned this, the alternate seat in the back yes. of, is it just one of the coasters or do, bo or do just both coasters one have? of the coasters, which I think is a fail on their part. They should have made both of them. Both of them have it. And it's only the very back row. So only two people on that coaster can be in the accessible seats. And usually there is a pretty long line for the accessible seats. So you will have to separate from your party, most likely. There are obviously, if it's you need help transferring, things like that, that they may make an exception to that. But in general, it's not a, it's almost like doing a single rider, right? Like you have to separate from your party 
the accessible seats were amazing. They were extremely roomy. You're upright, which I liked a lot better. Anyways, I get motion sickness. Um, so I was kind of happy it was upright. They also have a, po a regular pocket. Like we've seen the netted pockets to put your stuff in. The rest of the ride, you can only bring something as big as your cell phone, right? And you have to put it in this little container that shuts and like would be so easy, I think, to forget that it's in there. So I really enjoyed the accessible seating. I do have a little secret tip for anyone that wants to take advantage of this. This is how I would suggest doing this. Um, we know that it utilizes a virtual queue at this time. And then there's also the individual lightning lane. So individual queue, tell me if I'm wrong, Leslie, because I'm not the Disney World expert that you are. You do not get to pick your time, correct? Like it's just whatever, it's the boarding group system, right? Yeah, virtual queue, called. you just okay. get whatever is returned. Yeah. That's what mm -hmm. I thought. It was still like that for Tron, like just like it is for the Guardians. Um, Cosmic Rewind. But I personally chose to um, use the individual lightning lane. And I chose a time just because of when I could be there. But it ended up being right before and during fireworks. I had no wait. They told me that when it's firework time, they've seen that's when they see the lowest people coming, whether it's for their virtual queue or for their lightning lane. And so I walked on, there was no wait for any of the car really, once you got through and put your, the lockers and all that kind of stuff. But even for the accessible, which is the one that's been having the super long wait, I was able to get immediately on a vehicle. And so if, if you were going and you were plus size and you're worried about that, I would 100% suggest purchasing the individual lightning lane and choosing that time frame to go on. That's a great tip. And that's probably a great tip for anybody who doesn't want to have a long wait, plus sized or not, because, you know, during those fireworks, you do clear out a lot of the guests and people will come before or after, you know, mm -hmm. if they have that one hour window. So, so super smart and great way to hack it. And I presume you got to see it at night, which is when it's everybody wants to ride anyway. I did. I did. And it's amazing. And right as I came off, there's fireworks going on and you can watch them right from the Tron sign. It's, it's great. Awesome. Well, I, I'm I'm sorry it was such a negative experience. I'm glad ultimately when you wrote it in the additional seat in the back that it was such a fun ride and you had a good time. I know you have motion sickness, but you know how 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 was that um, at, at the end of the ride? It helped to be in that I, seat, I, I presume. Would not go on it a second time. Not yet, <laughs> unless like I will probably go on it like maybe one more time if I had a child that really wanted to. But then again, I'm in the accessible seat; they're not so. I'll probably just let my husband ride that with them. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's move more generally to just other rides at Disney World, Disneyland that may be an issue. And, you know, one thing that I just wanted to call out is sort of the general types of pain points that you'll get on rides if you're plus size. I mean, I find, you know, I, I have never had the experience of not fitting on a Disney ride at this point, but I do find that anything with seat belts can be really awkward to get settled. You know, if you're with somebody who's your family member, whatever, you're reaching down, you know, in between you and you're finding the seat belt and no big deal. But if it's a stranger, you're kind of, you know, <laughs> you start getting a little bit too close for comfort. So I think that can be really awkward. So this is like, to me, things like Guardians, Tower of Terror, um, Rise of the Resistance even on the ride vehicle, uh, Radiator Springs Racers. So all of those, I know you have a tip for us, and this is one that I have come to myself. How do you handle that? Yeah, so 
And also, I'll tell you, I was on Soren. I sat next to another poo size, as we sometimes like to refer to ourselves, guest. And I was like, she didn't know this trick. And so I'm like, sorry, I have to grab by your bum to get my seatbelt. But you pull the seatbelt up before you sit down and then kind of sit sideways and do it in and then straighten out. And you can always push it back in if you need to in order to make it tighter on like Guardians or something like that, Tower Terror. It helps me a lot on the river ones. I don't know why those ones seem more awkward to me to try and do them up than the others, but I really like it on Grizzly River Run. And, and of course, Walt Disney World has their raft ride too. And then Tower of Terror and Guardians of the Galaxy and definitely on Radiator Springs Racers. That's, <laughs> that's a big one to do it on, especially if you aren't next to somebody that you feel comfortable getting a little handsy with. That's fair. That's fair. So other things to keep in mind, I know we have this probably more at Disneyland than at Disney World, but a lot of the turnstiles are really tight, especially in um, Fantasyland, older attractions. So that's something that folks, I think, you know, need to be aware of. I mean, you know, people may need to find alternate access to the rides at some point. So what do you do in those kind of circumstances? So I do fit through all of the turnstiles, thankfully, but some of them are tighter than others. (laughs) Um, For instance, the smallest turnstile in Disneyland Park is Jungle Cruise. And you don't think much of it because the opening to the boat, hey, that's pretty good for most people. But the Jungle Cruise has very narrow turnstiles. But one thing I've started noticing, I have children that need to utilize the DAS or DOS, however you want to say it system at the parks and so when we have used it for those rides we've been asked are you able to access via turnstiles and so i did talk to some cast members and at those rides if the turnstile is the only issue for you you can ask for a return time and let them know it's hey i have a problem fitting through the turnstiles or it's extremely comfortable for me to fit through turnstiles they'll assign you a return time so it's not an automatic cut in line type thing. They give you a return time and then you can come back and you can go through the accessible exit uh, or the accessible entrance, which is usually the exit. So in, in a lot of the Fantasyland rides and in Jungle Cruise, that's what you'll get to do. But really, honestly, shouldn't they just get rid of the turnstiles? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I got to count us. So uh, I guess it helps with their with their wait time estimates or something like that. But um, fair point. And I guess in the same vein, you probably have to think about doors to certain ride vehicles as well. Again, yeah. these older Fantasyland attractions just are really awkward if you're not like an eight-year-old child yes. <laughs> to get in through plus yeah. sized or not, right? <laughs> right. Um, Alice in Wonderland sometimes. Those ones are a little awkward, especially the front one, not because necessarily the size, but because you also have that bar in the middle because it's like a T-shaped bar that comes down. The one that surprised me though that I've seen people have struggle with is a newer ride and that's Rise of the Resistance. The door is open and now if you're in a uh, wheelchair accessible one, it has a door that opens wider for transferring someone, but the other ones, they don't. And I haven't had an issue, but I have had my phone in my back pocket and had it bump as I'm getting out. And I'm like, oh, okay, I have to take my phone out to get my bum through that. So yeah, the the entrance into some of the Fantasyland rides and then like Rise of the Resistance are definitely... Definitely a bit hard. 
Yeah, and I don't know if you, I mean, you remember in the early days of Galaxy's Edge where they really were role-playing and they were hurrying you into the ride vehicles, like, hurry, hurry, you need to, we need to escape. And then you were like, trying to figure out which one you were getting into. And then it was, you know, you were then having the issue of being slowed down um, by the size of the opening of the vehicle. So, yeah. so, I mean, at least they're not racing you as much anymore uh, as I guess people have settled into not playing the the LARPing as much, but but definitely something to keep in mind. And another thing that occurs to me is... I think you also have to think about like the sizes of your, the other party members that you're possibly riding with. Like if you're with another plus size adult, like a certain ride vehicle may be uncomfortable. Or if you're with a tiny child and you're sharing like a lap bar or a seatbelt, that may make you feel like maybe they're not as secure as you would like them to be. I mean, I don't think any of them are unsafe is my presumption, but even then it may not be like the way you want to arrange your party if you are, you know, a family of four or something like that and who is going to sit with whom. Yeah, I try to remember if something wouldn't be safe for people with different sizes to have the shared lap bar, we would have individual ones, right? And and so I always try to remember that. But that still doesn't mean your kid won't come off the seat a little on Big Thunder Mountain if they're sharing a lap bar with you, whether you're plus size or not, right? So definitely think about that. Think about the child, sometimes just holding them while you're on the ride so they feel a little more secure. And sometimes you might say, no, I think I'm going to let someone else ride with them if that is an option. But the one that you said thinking about other people in that I really think of is um, the doom buggies. Because and this is not just for plus size, this is a height thing too. When you have two adults in there, nobody gets to sit in the top. And I always feel like I'm like having a hunch down because you're not in the center. And it rounds, but also like the lap bar automatically comes down, right? And that can dig into some people as well. So sometimes if you are plus size and your body is built so that it will kind of go to the sides if you're sitting by yourself, then that might be a better option for you. There's certainly attractions that will accommodate two or three and maybe you just want to ride solo on those. So everybody will be more more comfortable or you just won't be surprised. Like the doom buggy surprises me. Like sometimes if I'm not sitting all the way back, uh, you know, and that bar starts coming down, it's kind of alarming, you know, you're not in control. So, yeah. so keep that in mind. Well, I wanted to dive into a couple of specific ride examples that I think are the most common for people to have trouble with at both Disneyland and Disney Worlds. And before there was Tron, there was Flight of Passage. So have you been on Flight of Passage? Have you tried out the test no, seat? I've not uh, been okay. on it. And I have not tried out the test seat. I was I made a point. I was like, I'm gonna go try out the test seat. And I totally just the day got away from me. And it was like 10 minutes before the park closed. I was like, oh crud. Um, I would not ride it just because I know that kind of ride makes me sick. So um, I haven't ridden it. However, I have friends that have fit on it fine where they didn't think they would. And I've had friends that didn't fit on it, but they fit on Tron. Like that was the big thing I think with Tron is that everyone said, oh, if you're fine on Flight of Passage, you'll be fine on on Tron. And it actually has turned out that's not necessarily true. And people can fit on one and not the other. Yeah, I think that Flight of Passage does seem to accommodate more people. Um, it might be a different shape fit. Like I think people with sort of thicker middles are having issues with that closing. Like you said, you didn't have any problem with the with the back and the, and the waist part of, of Tron, but that seems to be more of a sticking point on Flight of Passage. But um, 
If you, uh, for, for listeners out there, we'd love to sort of hear about your experience. I'd love to sort of hear from folks who fit on Flight of Passage, sorry, other way around, fit on Tron, but who don't fit on Flight of Passage to find out sort of what the, what the differences are. So that's definitely going to be, I'd say, behind Tron, the, the, the second one that you need to be aware of as a plus-size guest at Walt Disney World. At Disneyland, um, I want to flag an attraction that maybe a lot of people don't realize is a problem because a lot of people skip this attraction, but Silly Symphony Swings. I don't know how long it's been since you've tried that one out, but those are, it's the, you know, the swings that go around that, you know, put you up way into the air, but they're metal frames. And so for women who are hippier, um, often that is a really, really tight fit. And so it's not, it's, that's going to be more of a a problem, I'd say for a lot of of women that wouldn't necessarily be trouble, trouble for a lot of plus size men. I agree. I think they're tighter than airline seats, probably. It has been a while since I've even attempted, again, motion sickness. I don't love the circle rides. So, um, and and there's not much forgiveness. I guess maybe if your hips are in the exact right spot, I don't know. But it is definitely one that it's, it may be an issue for a lot of people. So just be prepared. If you have a child under seven, you may not want to attempt that because that's the age they have to be with an adult, right? So if your kid's under seven and you're kind of iffy on whether or not you'll fit, and they're they're pretty much the same ones you have at your local fair, right? So if you fit on those just fine, you'll most likely be fine at Disneyland. Yeah, I actually find they're a little bit more spacious because I've been on an attraction like that at like a regional theme park and it's tighter at the regional theme park. Disney has a little more space, but even still, like these are these are ultimately off the shelf attractions. So yeah. um, they're they're going to be tighter. Okay, let's talk about one more back uh, in Florida, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I know that's a problem for a lot of people. What's uh, been sort of your understanding and experience with that? You know, uh, I wrote it with you and we and we both knew about it, even though I'd never ridden it before, but you had. And we knew that, okay, we want to be in different rows. We were with the other two um, gals from our Disney Kids group and, and we knew that. But for me, everything was fine except for, and this is where it gets weird, the bars that come down, like really push on. If you have larger thighs, and it doesn't even have to be that large of thighs because I don't feel like you have very large thighs, but... Yeah, it really, it's a tight fit there for the legs. And I also can't imagine being super tall with that because your legs come up more, you know, you're in the same height seat and so your legs are higher. And I would imagine that would not be comfortable either. Yeah, I think people have a lot of the same problems with Goofy Sky School at California Adventure. Mm-hmm. These tight little spaces that are meant for sort of shorter people, and then you add in sort of the weight factor. I mean, I think if you have if you have height plus weight, that's going to be a, a really tight fit on a lot of these these roller coasters that are more like off the shelf style. I mean, although Seven Dwarfs Mine Train shouldn't be off the shelf, it's a it's a newer custom ride, but but it is tighter for some people and and something to keep in mind. A couple other ones before we close it out for from a Disney perspective there are some rides that are really awkward for even the most nimble of adults to climb into I'm thinking Matterhorn I'm thinking mm-hmm. Astro Orbiter are those something that you <laughs> keep in mind you know and, and you fit but maybe it's not the most pleasant yeah. of experiences of, of getting aboard definitely one thing to really think about is how able you are to lift yourself up one um in like up as you're like stepping up if you're stepping up a really big curve so for me i have a bad knee so getting in and out of astro orbiter is 
hard. <laughs> um, I've seen people that are plus size that have trouble lifting their weight up, um, either due to bad knees or ankles or whatever, have to have assistance to get out of the storybook land canal boats. And the Jungle Cruise, I, I know people, even whether it's size or knees, but they do have steps you can ask for to make the um, steps more manageable that they put down so that they're smaller steps for you, basically. So there's a lot of things like that that you need to take into account. And then things with stairs. So most attractions that have stairs, um, even if you do not have the disability access service, you can app, let them know, I can't do stairs, and they will give you an alternate entrance or exit. So like at Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, that is the exit. You go there, they would assign your return time for that one. And then you would come back and go through the exit. Or if you already have a lightning lane, you go through the exit. Radiator Springs Racers, when you come to the point where they're merging the um, fast or the lightning lane, I almost said fast pass, with the standby, then you let the cast member know, I can't do stairs. And they'll direct you somewhere else that you don't have to do stairs. But that's another one that was really hard to get in and out of because you really have to step down um, into Radiator Springs Racers. That's great to keep in mind. All right. Well, I do want to touch on because we promised just a couple of minutes of other theme parks because you know a lot of our listeners go to universal knott's berry farm you know six flags across the country things like that i mean in my opinion in terms of being a plus size guest at a theme park disney is still the gold standard and we've talked about you know these pain points but ultimately it's about as accommodating as a theme park could possibly be without, of course, sacrificing safety. So, you know, what's been your experience at other theme parks? I know we were just at Universal Orlando Resort. And I didn't do hardly anything at Universal <laughs> no. Orlando. Part of it was because of my motion sickness, so like simulation right. rides. Um, but I I was actually very shocked. Um, I have lost 65 pounds since my heaviest, and it was very disheartening to feel like I was not even close to some of the rides. Knott's Berry Farm is one here in California, not very accommodating. I will say I was pleasantly surprised when I went to Universal Hollywood. Um, again, I couldn't do the Harry Potter rides, but the Mario Kart ride in the new Super Nintendo world was, I, I fit in fine. And they, their test seat was even off to a private, like you wouldn't even see the test seat if you weren't looking for it. It was in a great spot. And Secret Life of Pets, they had a similar seat, and that was fine. But in general, Disney, it's still in the States. I will say that because it, it, I've heard different stories about the foreign parks. But domestically in the United States is the most plus-size friendly parks. And that they have a high reputation for that among um, theme park and plus-size travel groups. That's good to hear. So... I know Universal Orlando, you tried out a couple of seats. I yeah. mean, basically everything in Harry Potter uh, sections of the park, you don't fit on. Hagrid's, Forbidden Jury, yeah. Escape from Gringotts. Did you try all the test seats for all of those? I, tried... I know I was with you with Hagrid's. The only one I didn't try was the Gringotts. And that's because we had a VIP tour when we went. And so they took us in through the exit. But I had spoken with our VIP tour guide. And already, she's already said, if you don't fit on those other ones, you will not fit on these and so I didn't even try but I did try for Hogwarts and um what's the other one with the motorcycle Hagrid's Hagrid's, Hagrid's. yes yeah and like Hagrid's was really close it was just uh I can't remember which seat because there's two different types and I know you 
liked one seat's fit better than the other. But I was really close to one of them. And then the other two, I was just like, mm, no, <laughs> this is not going to happen. <laughs> it's not getting anywhere close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's good to keep in mind because um, I know Harry Potter is usually the biggest draw for a lot of folks um, for going there. And then, you know, I, of course, go to, you know, regional local theme parks a lot myself um, was just at Knott's Berry Farm, which I don't know if I would call that a, a, a local theme park. That's sort kind of, of. A, a bigger national player. But but there is a, a crazy mouse coaster there called Knott's Coast Rider, which is super tight, super weird. It's awkward for like any adult, like yeah. the way that pins your legs and things like that. So and I know a lot of those those kind of um, theme parks have like a kiddie coaster in the, 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 the kid friendly section. And it's made for parents to go on with their kids. But those are so, so tight. So, so tight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so something to keep in mind. And even I know some theme parks actually some have some attractions that do have weight limits. That's one thing that we didn't mention. Disney does not have any weight limits on any of its attractions. It's all about whether you fit in the, the restraint. Yeah, it's all that's all it is. But yes, there are definitely. And, you know, the best thing you can do is go on to each place's website, look at their attractions, and then look at, like, the accessibility portion of that where they have the height requirements and stuff. And and it, this is especially important at water parks. Water parks tend to have a lot of weight limits because of the rafts and stuff. So definitely look into that and um, make sure that you research ahead of time. That's the biggest thing. All right, Becca. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today and talking about this, being uh, brave enough to go on video and audio for all of these kinds of conversations. I think it's really important and really helpful and, and you know, does reduce the stigma to, to talk about this and, and it helps hold Disney and other theme parks accountable for making these parks more accessible to everybody. So thank you so much for that. I know folks are going to want to check out the Southwest customer size policy, other things you write about Disney more generally. So where can folks find you um, on your website and social media? So my website is this crazy adventure called life.com. And then you can find me on social media as the Becca Robbins, Robbins with one B. <laughs> and um, I do share a lot whenever I test a ride about motion sickness and plus size if it fits. So it's a great way to get that information from someone that you know is plus size. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we close out every episode with a Disney do or don't. So what final tip do you want to leave us with today? Okay. So my biggest tip for anyone that is worried about being plus size and, and a ride and if it, you'll fit or not is do speak with the cast members um, that work at that attraction. They are happy to help. They are happy to, you know, give you accommodations, help you discreetly, you know, figure out whether or not you will fit on the ride and don't be afraid of it. So there's your don't do or don't. I don't know if I'm supposed to give both, but don't be afraid of going to Disneyland. Don't not go just because you're plus size. You can still have a great time. Even if you decide not to do the rides, there's so much to do at Disney parks that you will be entertained with shows and people watching and everything else. So definitely still go and enjoy the parks. Excellent tip. Well, Becca, thank you again for joining us today. Yeah. We want to hear from everybody out there uh, what you what your experiences being plus size at the Disney parks are. You can tweet at us at www.deciphered and email us at disneydeciphered at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Becca. And we hope to have you on more than once in every six years in the future to talk some more Disney. I'll take you up on that. <laughs> Thank you.
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.